From Tobacco Republic in Loomis, California, the Loomis Cigar Cartel presents Beyond the Humidor, a cigar podcast for the rest of us. We're back. All right. I want to welcome everybody. I'm Scott Robinson with you on this edition of Beyond the Humidor. We took a little bit of a hiatus um, for the holidays and we're retooling in January and we are back bigger and better than before. I have Greg Perry with me this evening. How we doing, guys? And let's not forget, Scott, before you get too far into it, not only were we on hiatus to retool the show, but uh, you got your black belt. Yes, I did. I now have a black belt in Krav Maga. It was years of training, and the test itself was grueling. Been training for it since last August. I mean, as in seriously training. As we got back from um, Colorado, as a matter of fact, from um, the Rocky Mountain Festival, my sensei looks at me and tells me, I talked to Seisun, who of course is over to Sensei, and we want you to test for black belt in December. I'm thinking it's going to be in June. Um, usually we um, do test in um, June and December. So I figured I had time until he told me, yeah, you're doing it in December. And at the time I was about 300 pounds of biscuit dough. So I had to fix that. And if I wasn't in the gym, I was in the dojo. But lots of hard work, um, real happy. Um, it's a big accomplishment. Um, at times, though, I feel kind of funny about it because it's kind of like, should I be enjoying this this much? You absolutely should. And we are so incredibly proud of you. Thank yes, you. Yes, we are. I appreciate that. From um, now on, you're the cartel bodyguard. Works for obviously. me. Obviously. <laughs> How's everybody's um, holiday, by the way? I know we're into February, but, you know, we haven't gotten together on a podcast for a while. So, you know, just to, you know, bring everybody up to speed. How about you, well, Greg? Well, Sarah and I had a blast. You know, Sarah joined my family this year for both Thanksgiving and Christmas, and we enjoyed her company and hope she wants to do it again next year. It was it was great fun. It, nice. It really was. Um I still got to keep some of my traditions of enjoying a very quiet house because nobody in my house gets up early. Um, and so I got to have a cup of coffee before I came. Oh, no, before um, Greg came over and picked me up and went over to his grandmother's. And um, it was just a nice, relaxing day with some amazing food, which is on, um, at least on the Instagram, I don't think... We posted anything else on other social mediums, but um, the layout, you can go back onto our Instagram and see everything that we ate that day. Oh, very nice. Very (laughs) nice. Um, I went to uh, Mexico by way of a cruise for the Thanksgiving holiday. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) Oh, please tell us about that. Well. Patient zero. (laughs) (laughs) No, that was Tiny Wife. That was not me. Apparently, um, we were on um, a cruise, and as we got to the cruise terminal out in Long Beach, they were handing out letters. Now, the funny thing is, our luggage was already on the rack being um, put onto the ship, and they give us this letter telling us that there was an outbreak of um, norovirus on the previous cruise, and they were sanitizing But if you opted not to take the cruise that you were going on at that time, you could get credit for another cruise. Now, you're kind of a captive audience because your luggage is already gone. So it was like, ah, what's the worst that can happen? So we go through, went with another couple, and we were having a good time up until the day before Thanksgiving when Tiny Wife started showing symptoms. 
So I go to get some better meds for over at sick bay. And they proceed to tell me that she is going to be quarantined for 48 hours. And I'm like, Oh wow, that sucks. And then they looked at me and said, so are you. I'm like, wait, I'm asymptomatic. I don't have any problem. I'm fine. Well, you're in the same room with her. So you're quarantined too. And if you've ever been on a ship and if you've ever had the misfortune of being quarantined, that means you are confined to quarters. They send an email throughout the entire ship. So you can't go to any bar, restaurant, or any public place. And you wonder how they track that. It's through the cruise card that you have that um, you either pay for, you get, um, you know, your restaurants, you have to check in with your cruise card. And, you know, your name pops up as, you know, you're the monkey from Outbreak. Get your butt back into your room. <laughs> and then they um, tried to put me on the norovirus diet, which consists of the bland chicken, um, toast, and jello. I had some choice words and I had some better choices. Of course, Tiny Wife, she was stuck on that diet. So we're sitting in a room cramped up and confined for 48 hours. So we were confined Thanksgiving and the last port of call, which was Puerto Vallarta. And from what I understand, they have a Casa Habanos there. So I was unable to enjoy that. I look out my balcony at the Mexican flag in the port and the busy streets of Puerto Vallarta as I'm just sitting there just looking downtrodden. No Cubans came into the country. No Cubans came into the country. But gee, I wouldn't do that anyway because that's against the law. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> sure you wouldn't. <laughs> And, you know, um, so short side note here, um, this comes up in a, in a future episode, but uh, all our all our loyal listeners, which we thank you very much for, know my penchant for the High Claire cigar from mm-hmm. Foundation Cigar mm-hmm. Company. Um, in our little cartel exchange, I was gifted by Mr. Robinson some of those High Clares. In fact, they were the High Claire Victorian, which is a Maduroed version of that High Clare, and all well, two of us have smoked it. You, my friend, have not, so we have yeah, to work no. on that Sunday. S- Sunday, I think we'll have to work on that. But uh, it's a fabulous smoke, and that'll come in a future segment. So uh, Sarah and I and Scott will be able to talk about that, and look forward to bringing that to you later on. That sounds real good. And um, had a quiet Christmas, just relaxed. Um, I can't even remember what I made for Christmas dinner. To be perfectly honest, your I, daughter came over, didn't you? Make um, no, so that was gumbo? that was another time, but I can't remember what the hay I made. But oh well, I'm sure it was good. We were actually prepping for the Roaring Twenties New Year's Eve party that I hosted, which you outdid yourself. <laughs> you outdid yourself, and then outdid the outdoing yourself. Um, I I think it's safe to say we had such an amazing time. Um, there was no shortage of food, cigars, beverages. Booze. Just call it what it is. <laughs> Booze. <laughs> um, it, oh, that was as much fun as I've had in such a long time. And to be with all of the cigar cartel for, for most of the evening um, and then with your wife's friends as well, Um it was such a great night. Well, we love throwing those kinds of parties. So, you know, actually the reason why we um, bought the house that we did was because we knew we were going to be hosting a lot of parties. And, you know, I like hosting at least three, four times a year. Mm-hmm. Well, it was an actual blast. And for those of you that caught our Facebook video, <laughs> you know how well Scott was doing. <laughs> <laughs> 
Maybe it was Instagram. I don't remember which. But, it was uh, Facebook. Our cameraman, by the way, for that event has been fired. <laughs> <laughs> it's not his fault. He didn't know exactly what he was doing. You know, for someone who works in the IT industry, that's a poor excuse. <laughs> well, mm. I hope you're listening. We love you, Wes. <laughs> And speaking of parties, as a matter of fact, we are going to be, or I am going to be throwing another one for um, Super Bowl. I can't remember which one. Is this 54? 54. Super Bowl 54, the Niners versus the Chiefs. The one time you're going to see me as a Niners fan. God bless you. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be an incredible game, though. So Yeah, I think Tiny Wife has the dog's jersey already, um, <gasps> you know, pressed out and ready for him. Yes. So you, you get to see a 10-pound dog in a Niners yes. jersey. We'll have to do one of your uh, supervillain photos for the, the Instagram. <laughs> Can't wait. I don't know how it's going to fit if I'm wearing a Raiders jersey. So. Don't do that. That's just poor taste. We'll crop you out of that photo. It's hey, okay. I'm wearing a Raiders jersey, damn it. <laughs> you wear whatever jersey you need to. That is what Super Bowl is for. That's true. I'll be in there with my Red Sox jersey on. (laughs) Praying for baseball season to begin. And that we get a decent manager. That's way That's all I got to say on that. So let's um, let's wrangle this in, I think, because uh, <laughs> let's do we're that. going off a nice tangent here. So, hey, you know, um, as is tradition with our podcasts, um, we need to talk a little bit about what we're smoking and what we're drinking. So if you will allow me, because Scott's freaking blind and old and forgot to bring his reading glasses, let me um, fill you in. Scott, what are we drinking here? We are drinking the McAllen Classic Cut. It's really good starting off. It is very good. Yeah, I figured I wanted to get something to, um, you know, celebrate our, you know, latest podcast, Fresh From Hiatus. So wanted to find something special over at Total Wine. Thank you very much, Total Wine. And came across this McAllen. It's a 2018 um, limited edition. So let me give you a little bit of uh, reading because the print is quite tiny here. Um, It is a matured, exclusively in hand-picked sherry seasoned oak casks from, let's call it, where is Spain, and bottled to reveal the extraordinary characters of a timeless spirit. Notes of citrus, sweet vanilla, and spice. And it is quite good. Yeah, I was really, I mean, I wasn't surprised, but, no, let's just say it. I was really, I knew I would enjoy it, but I was pleasantly even more so surprised from the citrus notes and it is powerful, you know, it'll knock you back on your seat, but in a good way, where the taste, it just explodes. I That's, mean, as far as I can say, is the way any proper scotch should. Absolutely. Agreed. And I drink my neat no ice cube. It's just an, it's just an excellent um, scotch. Amen to that one. Mm-hmm. Mm. So, you know, the other tradition we have is what are we smoking tonight? And uh, Sarah, would you... Uh, Want to start us off on that one? Would love to. Cool. Um, I I broke out a typical cigar for myself tonight, um, being as it is the first episode of the year. Um, I brought out a Tatuaje Black Label. It's the Corona Gorda. Um, it's just Tatuaje. Um, no secret is probably one of my favorite lines um i don't think i've had anything from p johnson that i haven't enjoyed mm-hmm. um and so this is a, a great go-to and it pairs perfectly 
uh, with the scotch that you chose, Scott. So thank you. Good job. <laughs> well, as for myself, you know, I, I'm one of my favorite cigars um, that we have in our our home shop here is the Gran Habano. And uh, just as a little teaser, because we are going to talk a bit about Gran Habanos later. Um, this one is the Corojo number no. five. It is a Lancero, so it's thirty eight by uh, seven inches. It is really great. Um, as we've talked about in other episodes, a Lancero cigar is all about flavor. There's a, not as much filler as there would be in a traditionally Churchill ring gauge at fifty or or above. So it really has more of the the great um, woodsy, spicy, peppery flavor out of a Corojo leaf that I really love. So um, there's a further description later on when we talk about our, our next cigar line. How about you, Scott? Well, I myself, I am a lover of the Illusion line, and um, I went into the Robinson Cigar Arsenal, and I picked up an Illusion Singulaire in um, Robusto. It's going to be five and a half inch with a 54 ring gauge. Um, it is, um, consists of the um, Nicaraguan Corojo um, 98, or excuse me, Corojo 99 and Corojo 98 um, long filler. And it um, is, hmm, smoking through this here, getting like a little bit of um, cocoa and leather from it. Um, you know, some subtle oak flavors. One thing I love about Illusion, they're just crafted so well, and it's just all Nicaraguan all the time, which is one of my favorite leafs. And it, you know, pairs well with the scotch, although I could see this with Zaya rum or even just a simple Canadian whiskey like Crown Royal. It could be good with Crown Royal. Not my drink of choice, but it could be. Well, since my grandfather died, someone's got to keep the business afloat. That's true. (laughs) Absolutely. And you do that quite well. Amen to that. (laughs) Uh, You know, I just have one quick question on that uh, that leather flavor. You were chewing on your baseball glove when you were a kid, weren't you? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, after, you know, I got through eating paste. (laughs) (laughs) It's amazing how we talk about, and we've talked about cigar reviews and taste and doing things by way of the retro hell, and we get these taste and you know most of us did not chew on a baseball glove in fact baseball wasn't my thing when i was a kid but you know you've all smelled leather so you know when it comes up through your nose you get that leathery note so not so much chewing on an oily baseball glove that's true i'm a paste man myself ah explains a lot Yeah, I'm kind of in that same boat, Sarah. I am not touching that one with a 40-foot pole. Thank you. Not going to (laughs) happen. Keeping it classy, guys. You know, I think one of the things that, you know, we did touch upon this. I don't remember which episode it was, but we touched upon the lunch break subject. Um, And it's a cigar that all three of us, in fact, let's not go all three. Everyone in the cartel... um, be it Bob, Lewis, Scott, Sarah, myself, or Craig, we all love that lunch break. Or Larry. Oh, yeah, Larry. I'm so sorry. I forgot about our merch guy. Larry. Um, You know, we all love that lunch break cigar. And if you're going sitting there going, what are these fools talking about? A lunch break cigar is something that um, I learned, though we did not coin that phrase. It actually comes from Gran Habano. It's what they call their their line which is one of the ones we're going to talk about tonight um it's a short cigar typically um less than five inches it's a typically a smaller ring gauge as well it's a lovely 
30 minute or less smoke that you can use. In fact, Scott uses it all the time in his, uh, for his lunch breaks during work. Sarah and I don't get that luxury, unfortunately, but, um, Others do the same thing. It's just a quick cigar to enjoy when you don't have a lot of time to really sit down and appreciate and relax with the full cigar. Um, so we wanted to talk about a few of our favorites. And, uh, you know, one of them, as I said earlier, is the Gran Habano uh, Corojo Number no. 5. It does come in a myriad of sizes, including the lunch break. It's just a phenomenal little cigar. It is a 38 by 4 and a half, so it's a little dinky thing. Um, typically, hey, hey. <laughs> what said five foot two, Sarah? Yeah, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> so, you know, it's a nice little cigar, it's a full bodied cigar, hand rolled in Honduras, and everything actually out of Gran Habano comes out of Honduras. It does feature, um, as I've said in the previous ones, it's a dark reddish Nicaraguan Corojo wrapper. It is wonderful, rich. I dare use the word creamy and peppery in the same because it really is, it, you know, it bounces back and forth between those two flavors, particularly as you move to the last third of the cigar. Um, it is, of course, um, a Nicaraguan Habano binder, Costa Rican and Nicaraguan filler. And, you know, it's unique, I think, because Costa Rican tobacco, I really don't think gets the recognition uh, that it should be. Uh, you know, not to jump on cigar subjects here, but one of the one of the lines that is carried in Tobacco Republic is the Don Benino, which is a lot of Costa Rican tobacco, and it's one of our favorites. Anyway, that being said, um, this cigar, uh, this particular lunch break, the number five, it is a full strength cigar and it's something that if you guys get the chance to try it and you want that short smoke i really do recommend it one of my favorite ones again and i continue to go to the illusion line because i really love the nicaraguan um wrapper and filler and it's i just find illusions as a very delicious cigar very reliable um the characteristics of it it's just nice and pleasant but um but we, I would classify as a lunch break would be the um, Illusion Original Document 68. I usually go for 88s, but when I don't have a lot of time, the 68, I can smoke that in 30 minutes without having to, how you say, um, you know, hot box it. You know, if you get a larger cigar, you've got two options if you're on a limited amount of time. You're either powering through it, hot boxing it, smoking real fast, which if you're a novice, you're going to make yourself sick. And then, you know, even if you don't, it's a waste of a cigar because cigars are meant to be enjoyed in the time that you're enjoying them. Or your other option is to smoke part through it and then, you know, set it down and smoke it at a later time, which is something that I just don't do anymore because I find when I come back to it, you know, and try to light it up and smoke it, it's just not the same experience. I like to smoke my one cigar in one sitting, and I think a lot of people are like that, unless you just absolutely have to. That's one of the things that is beneficial with the lunch break. Now, of course, the 68, it is a Nicaraguan um, wrapper and binder and the filler as well. It's um, four inches with a 44 ring gauge, um, a petite Corona, if you will, manufactured out of Danley, Honduras um, at the um, Reces Cubanas factory who, as a matter of fact, also manufactures Alec Bradley. The wrapper is a color, is Colorado in color, so it's a little darker. And um, the experience in smoking it, your cold draw before you light it, and 
we'll talk about the whole don't be that guy segment of actually tasting a cigar or, you know, sniffing a cigar, if you will. Um, there's things you don't do, but if it's your cigar, you cut it and you do a cold draw before you light it. Um, for this one, you'll get a kind of hay flavor. And then as you're smoking it, the initial draw, you get a hint of dark chocolate and caramel, which is really, really nice. And then as you progress up the middle, you're going to get some cedar notes. So you'll taste a little bit of cedar, especially in the retro hail. They get more distinct as you go towards the middle, and then it's omnipresent at the end of the smoke. So as you get halfway through, you're going to kind of deviate from that um, dark chocolate and caramel, and you're going to get into that um, cedar. And again, it's just a really pleasant smoke. If you haven't had the opportunity, I would go to your local tobacconist or order online, or if you're really fortunate and make your way to Famari in Reno, Nevada, Mm Um, check out um, Dion's line. He has, you know, he is the creator of Illusion and he has all of them and they're all just fantastic smokes. I quite agree. Um, so it's funny as, as you guys were talking about what your favorite lunch breaks are, um, continuing in the Illusion line, the Rothschild is probably my favorite lunch break. Um, it's a four and a half by 50. Um, one of one of the things that I love about it is because it's probably a 30 minute, maybe 45, depending on on what I'm doing or how well I'm paying attention to it. Um, but I can walk from my house through my not so tiny town um, to the Shady Lady and smoke it pretty much uh, by the time I get there. I'm just about done with it. Um Great smoke. They say it's a full-bodied. I would say it's probably more of a medium-bodied, um, but Dion um, doesn't have the ability to do anything wrong. Oh, no. <laughs> no. No, it's almost it, it's almost when you smoke an illusion, it just feels effortless. Yeah. You know, it's just he just whirls it up. I mean, very consistent. You know, unlike Rocky Patel, another sensational, and I think everyone out there in the cigar world knows Rocky Patel, Rocky Patel is a mad scientist. He will Mm -hmm. put different blends together, find out what works and what does not. And he comes up with some really interesting blends. But the, you know, the all Nicaraguan blend for me is just the pinnacle. It's heaven. Yes, absolutely. And again, I go back to the lunch break, just that instance of, you know, being able to walk down the street, at least in Sacramento for now, you know, smoking a cigar to get to where you're getting to and you're done. It's not like you have to stand out or feel like you're, you know, you got to get rid of like, you know, two inches of cigar. It's like, I'm not through enjoying this. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, and the thing with, too, with the Rothschild is it's all Nicaraguan except for the rappers, uh, San Andreas rapper, which just ties everything nicely in a neat little bow. That Mexican San Andreas rapper is really, really good. It doesn't matter what they put it on for the <laughs> most part. I enjoy it on most of those. No doubt. I agree. You know, and, and to your mad scientist point, Scott, um, Rocky put out a uh, vintage series to go along with his 90... 792-2003 and a few others, including one that is a Mexican San Andreas wrapper, and it's a fantastic cigar as well. 
oh yeah, I have that one sitting in my um, travel box that, you know, I want to crack open, you know, sooner or later. It'll be much sooner than later, of course. Yeah, well, definitely. Especially the cigar stash you got going on at your house. That's right. We can help with that. Oh, yeah. You absolutely can. I've got three humidors full. Mm. (laughs) No comment. But what size are (laughs) these humidors? (laughs) <laughs> well, there's the giant one, you know, his cabinet. And then he's got two full, which is what I usually raid when I'm at his house, is those two full hundred counts. Of course. Of all kinds of goodies in there, including the one that he told me, I, I, I don't think I'm going to like this. And it was a shut up and smoke it moment. And surprise, <laughs> surprise, he liked it. Mikey liked it. That's right. <laughs> that just goes to show you, don't be afraid to try something different. These were some of the cigars we received from the Rocky Mountain Cigar Festival and if you have the opportunity, I would say go. It's going to be in the last week um, weekend in August, I do believe. It is the 29th of August this year. Yes, and um, tickets go on sale March 16th. Hey, 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 don't be telling people when tickets go on sale. I'm we don't want to lose our spots. Dude, I'm not real worried about it because as soon as it's 1201 March 16th, my ticket's going to be, you know, paid for and done. Oh, it won't be 12.01 for me and Sarah. It'll be more like 9 a.m. the following on that day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, save, a a, save a couple for us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so on the Rocky Patel Vintage line, um, you know, one of my other lunch breaks that I love, and it doesn't matter whether this is a lunch break, whether it's a Toro, whether it's a Churchill, I wish it came in a Lancero. Rocky, I hope you're listening. Lancero, please. The Rocky Patel Vintage uh, 2003 um, is a Cameroon wrapper, and along with Corojo, Cameroon Cameroon is one of my favorites. Rocky ages these cigars for eight years. It is definitely one smoke um, to be enjoyed on any occasion, and I frequently do. Sarah's enjoyed them with me when we're heading somewhere in the car because it's a nice, uh, for those of us that smoke in our vehicles, it's a nice um, car ride smoke. It's very pleasant, very good. Um, It is um, a Cameroon wrapper, which houses a Nicaraguan binder and specialty uh, filler of Dominican and Nicaraguan blend tobaccos, which those two, it's amazingly funny how well they go together because they're polar opposites. You know, Honduran tobacco is typically more smooth, a little bit more mellow, and the Dominican's got more pepper to it, so it's got a great bite. Um, They say it's a medium-bodied smoke, I kind of can agree with them on that because typically it's not an empty stomach smoke for me. It's got to be something where I've eaten hints of wood, spice. Um, This is going to sound really weird, but you almost get a Chinese five spice out of it. It's really that complex. And there is notes of coffee in it, particularly as you get down to the end of it. It is, of course, in Honduras. That's where his factory is. He does offer tours. So it's one of the ones that I really would recommend you go on. I haven't gone on it yet. It's a 38 by 4. Rocky classifies this one as a short Panatella. Um, yeah, I think so because, you know, you look at a Lancero being 7, a Panatella being 5.5 to 6, and these guys are 4. So, yeah, that's probably about right. Yeah, I would think so. Mm-hmm. I would agree with that. But it's more like tomato-tomato. Don't really care what you're going to call it as long as it tastes good. Yes. You know, who cares? <laughs> You can call it whatever you want. (laughs) Now, what's the one, Greg, that we were smoking, um, I don't know, last week, the week before? Uh, Padron makes a a lunch break that... uh, Oh, it was while we were smoking ribs. Right, when we were doing the ribs over last weekend. Um, I should have written that one down. It is a Padron. It is a lunch break. Um, It is a 38 by 4.5. 
I cannot think of what the actual cigar is called, um, but they do make them. They come in six pack tins. They it's, are really, really good. It it's starts one with of a the C. series, mm-hmm. um, which doesn't start with a C, but it's one of the series. <laughs> yeah, the name of the tin starts with a C. Oh, I can okay. bring that for a future show because okay. I've got some at home still. I think I've got like five or six left out of the two tins that I bought. Yeah, that was just a total on the spot. That's another lunch break that that's I okay. <laughs> It's a really good cigar, but you know we can all agree because we all smoke Padrones. Oh yeah, they don't typically miss. They are no. phenomenal. Never. Smokes. I I can't wait till we can smoke the um, Padron that we were supposed to smoke. Oh, the family series. After that's the yeah, yeah. Oh, you guys are talking about those. I'm thinking series D number four. Now speaking, that of, would be Partigas, wouldn't it? Oh, I'm sorry. You're right. That is Partigas. No, we're talking about drones. Yes. You know, 1924, 26, yes, yes, yes. series, 7,000 series, etc. Oh, yeah, I've got one yes, for please. you on Sunday. <gasps> Ooh. Oh, Ooh. yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've got one for you. I wouldn't quite classify it as a lunch break because you aren't going to want to sit and enjoy this one. And the name escapes me, but you'll hear about it. You'll, you'll know about it Sunday. We'll talk about it on a future show. We'll, we'll share it. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I picked up a box of those when I was in New York, when I was doing my Bermuda trip. Speaking of which, I discovered a lunch break when I was in, um, where the hey was I back then? Was I in Bermuda? No. One of those remember. many trips that you took. Yeah, I, it's like sister starts coming <laughs> off like a bloody blur now. Well, it would be the way you were running your schedule last fall. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> I really can't remember where the hell I was. Well, well you either went to Bermuda or Mexico and no. New York. Well, it was, it was when I was in New York, and it wasn't Bermuda, or was it in the Bermuda? Yes, it was Bermuda. Yeah, it was Bermuda. Um, I um, was off the ship in Bermuda um, after I went shopping at Diamonds International, and there was a little cigar kiosk, and I found the Money Crystal Open Junior, the Cuban, 38 ring gauge, 4.3 inches in length. It's um, the fourth cigar out of the Monte Cristo open line. It's medium strength. Um, I would say it's probably, let's call it late light. I wouldn't quite call it medium just because of the flavor. Before you light it up, you'll get hints of light cocoa and earth. And then when you start to burn and draw, and one of the things I love about Cuban cigars is just the draw is nice and even. And it just, somehow the construction of Cubans, you get that in, in most of them, if not all Cubans, you just get that wonderfully light, even draw. It's, an even, it's a nice burn. And in the initial third, it'll start out sweet. You know, you'll get those hints of chocolate. And then the middle third, you start getting hints of a little bit of bitter coffee. And, um, you know, some people um, think that it's more, you know, if you look at reviews, they'll say it's minerals and some brine, but I would stick with the more coffee and earth. And then we get to the final third, it finishes with the uh, still a cocoa, but then you get some leather notes with the um, hints of smoke. Basically, it's a gentle smoke. It's not aggressive. It's not harsh. Um, a lot of Maduros, you know, from experience, if you've smoked those, at times they're real, real strong and, you know, you'll get a little bit of burn in your throat. Nothing uncomfortable, but you do feel, you know, from the darker leaf. I don't know if other people have that experience, but this Open Junior is just amazing. And, you know, I had the guy running around and say, hey, make me a box. <laughs> you would do that. Oh, yeah. 
It does sound interesting. I, I can't was, wait to try that. Yeah. Yeah, that's definitely. also in the Robinson Cigar Arsenal. So we're going to have know. to start planning our meals and drinking and, and smoking. Yeah, you can see how they pair with ribs and chili. Oh, Every, yes. Everything pairs with both of those things. Oh, damn yeah. right. It does. And then there's going to be chocolate chip cookies and snickerdoodles and booze. Don't forget booze. <laughs> How could we forget? <laughs> yeah, it is Scott's house after all. Yes, I have a full bloody bar. And the best part is... And we is, thank you for that. <laughs> and the best part is football on 80 inches of Sony mm. greatness. Mm. Until we have to smoke cigars. True. Then it's 37 inches of high def outside. I can That's live okay. with that. Yeah. Yep. But the inside, 4K. It's true. Too bad we can't convince Tiny Wife to smoke in the house. Oh, he wants to get murdered at that point. Oh, no, no, no. Even I don't want that. I don't want everything oh, no. to smell like smoke. No, no, no. Well, that's no. true. Everything, my couch, my dog. <laughs> <laughs> the ceiling, the floor. Yeah, that's not good. So we've touched upon several. I want to touch upon two more lunch breaks in our line. Um, and it's one that all three of it's. All, all of these we've all smoked, with the exception of I have not, uh, Sarah and I have not smoked that Monte Cristo yet, not being yet. the operative word. Um, you know, the Gran Habano number five is not the only lunch break in the Gran Habano line. There's also a number three, which is a Habano. And Scott's favorite, the number one, which is a Connecticut. Um, all medium, medium body, with the exception of the Connecticut, which is a light one. Um, you know, it's one of those things, and I know, um, can I throw Sarah under the bus for a second? Oh, why not? Well, so, hey, hey! <laughs> It'll be fun. Why not? <laughs> so, Sarah asked this question before we no, started no, the No, no, let me actually Please ask, ask the, question. the question. again. That's not fair. <laughs> Come on now. This is why I don't tell you things ahead of time. <laughs> it's um, not so bad. So- <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, um, so now we're moving we're moving more away from the lunch breaks and more into cigarillos, which are great. You have 15 minutes and you just want a, a very quick smoke. So Grand Habana, uh, here at Tobacco Republic, we only have the two Grand Habanos. Correct. They come in two boxes. Um, they are different colors. And instead of remembering... Um, what the name of the box uh they are fondly referred to as the black box or the red box sometimes the green box does exist but uh-huh. i don't think we have that anymore here no we no. still have green boxes because connecticut um, number one comes in a green box we still have the we still have them in the lunch break and above in the but not in the size we only oh. have the red and yeah. the black i'm like i'm like wait i'm staring at them um <laughs> so so i only know them as is it the red box or the black box right and the red box is the Corojo number five. That's right. Black box is the Habano. And the green box is the Connecticut. And yes, we do carry the Connecticut, just not in that very small size. Cigarillo, in case you guys weren't aware. Um, I don't know if that's their actual name or not, but it's uh, it's something that we've all described them as. They're, they're basically a cigarette size. Yeah. They're a fantastic yeah. little smoke. Yeah, Cohiba, they have, a lo- they have um, that line, and they call them Puritos. Yeah, that, I was going to say that's probably a more traditional name for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you and I, we bought 100 apiece. Yes, we did. That's another great lunch break we forgot about. We'll have to bring that up in a future show. 
Uh, so this Habano, number three, Black Box. Thank you. It is a fantastic cigar. In fact, um, I don't remember how this came about. It was a funny story. It We actually asked Ron to bring the Black Box in. And, um, you know, it came in. Um, and it's a great line. Um, I don't remember where we found them. But somehow we found him, and a friend of ours, Roy, bought a box of these things and started handing them out to the group, and everybody loved them. So it is a Habano wrapper. It is a medium-strength cigar, and this one is a true, I agree entirely, it is a medium-strength cigar. It's not one I eat, uh, I smoke on an empty stomach either. Um, They are, of course, hand-rolled in Honduras. They are Nicaraguan Habano Maduro wrapper, hence the, the strength level. Um, Nicaraguan Habano binder and fillers from Costa Rica, Mexico, and Nicaragua. I would love to know when they talk about fillers from Mexico. I'm curious if it is the San Andreas or not. Mm. I don't know if they'd put that in because uh, that's traditionally a wrapper leaf, but right. one never knows. You know, funny story. When I was in Mexico back in uh, one of my trips back in <laughs> 97, 98, oh. and, um, you know, I was very new to cigars and. I was after the ever-elusive Cuban. And, you know, the price In Mexico, is, really? I was, yeah. I didn't know any better. Remember, I started out in 97, so I didn't know, you know, much better. But um, they were really, really expensive. And I decided upon a cigar made in Mexico. Forgive me, I don't know the name of it. But I was like, okay, I'll just live with it. It's a cigar. It was actually really pleasant. I smoked it, you know, while we were in Mexico and... You know, as I made my way back to the U.S. border, it was a really enjoyable smoke. So I don't, you know, poo-poo, you know, Mexican cigars. You know, some people are like, ew, no, no, no. I mean, um, Mexico, they make some good cigars. Also, fun fact, if you are going to Mexico and you're in search of Cubans and some cat on a beach shows up and shows you like Cohibas in a glass box, run. They're counterfeit. They are big time counterfeit. Just so you know. Because it was hilarious. I was in the smoking lounge on the ship, and I was talking to some gentlemen, and one guy said, oh, yeah, I picked up some Cuban cigars. I said, oh, really? And sadly, he was in Puerto Vallarta, where there was a Casa Habanos, and he says, oh, no, I picked them up from a guy on the beach, and they're in this glass case, and I'm just looking at him going, <sighs> Great cigar. Poor soul. And he just said, what's wrong? He says, what are they and he, he was serious. He looked at me like these downtrodden puppy dog eyes and said, are they counterfeit? And I said, well, if you enjoy smoking them, don't worry about it. But yeah, they are not Cubans. Cohiba does not put their smokes in glass boxes. So Ever. Ever. So and just, in fact, I shared a post on Loomis Cigar t- um cartel facebook page that talks about recognizing cohiba counterfeit so you can check it out there yes i would definitely suggest that if you're on the search for cubans um you know check out there's a couple of reliable places that do sell cubans online um but you know when you're traveling abroad your safest bet is to go to a reputable tobacconist you're, um, you know, you strike gold if you find a Casa Habanos store because that store is in association with the Cuban government. So you are getting authentic Cubans at that point. Just a little aside there for those of you who travel abroad or, you know, if you're looking online for cigars. Yep. 
any more lunch breaks we want to talk about? You know what? Let's talk real quickly about the Connecticut number one. It's a Rothschild on four and a half inch by 50. Um, the rapper's Ecuadorian Connecticut, um, of course, originating out of Honduras with a Nicaraguan filler. It's a mellow bodied um, cigar. And I'm real fond every, I'm really fond of the Connecticut because there's times I just want a nice light smoke, something that's not real overpowering that I can just relax and smoke through and um, is not too harsh, but still has some flavor to it. Um, the initial draw, you'll get um, the cold draw, you'll get some metal hints of grass, but the light, the initial light is what you're looking for. You get it um, a smooth vanilla cream, if you can believe that. I mean, it's very smooth, and I get the hint of vanilla cream. As I smoke up to the halfway mark, and this is funny, but it's true, hints of toast. It's like a real light hint of toast. It's not Hmm. overbearing. And then once you pass the halfway mark, you go back to the light, crispy, and earthy. And then as you get to your final portion, the final quarter, you um, get a little bit stronger, but it's not unbearable. And that's one of the wonderful things about the Connecticut number one. Again, it's a very light, easy smoke for novices who are just starting out with cigars. Um, most novices start off with a Connecticut wrapper because it's not something that's just going to punch them in the face. It's something that they can really appreciate the taste and develop their palate. And you don't have to worry about how much food that you've had. You can enjoy it with a cup of coffee, um, empty stomachs. That's a real big one. That's kind of like what I would call a sunrise cigar. Mm-hmm. You know, something that you can smoke with um, some nice coffee and um, you can still enjoy it, but it's not so overpowering. Like um, I myself, there's some um, experienced and even more experienced than me cigar smokers who will um, wake up to a Maduro. And God bless them. Hey, if you're into that sort of thing, absolutely. Right. <laughs> My, our dear. Our dear friend Eric comes to mind. <laughs> oh, Maduro oh, yeah. in the morning, Maduro in the afternoon, Maduro in the evening, Maduro late at night. No, Nothing ever light ever touches his lips. Let's call it what it is. Chisels. Chisels. Oh, yes. yeah. Oh, yeah. Chisels are his go-to. When he used to work at the shop, oh, yeah, he had a chisel in his mouth and he was loving life. Yeah. That's a different show, though. <laughs> hey. Eric, we miss you. I hope you do listen to us. We miss you a lot. Yeah, I think I'm going to get on my bike and make my way out to where he is out in Oregon and um, pay him a little visit. We'll follow in the trailer. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. That's a great idea. I like it. Uh, So, new year, new podcast for us, new focus on some cigar skills. And uh, as negative as this is going to sound, we're not trying to beat anybody up. We're not trying to... um, be pious or anything like that. But, hey, you know, there's some, shall we say, etiquette or stuff that you kind of want to avoid in the lounge. So allow me, if you will, to quote for a minute from Cigar Aficionado. Please do. Because I think this is a a very good statement. Um, Cigars are a natural product. And to quote them, an artisanal product. They're uh, for savoring and should be enjoyed. They are handmade by skilled rollers. Their goal, aside from 200 cigars a day, is to make the cigar the same each way, each time, for all of us to enjoy. That being said, we've all done it. 
This includes the three of us on this podcast tonight. We've all made these mistakes. Everybody has. I was just about to say, you know, we're not coming off saying that, you know, we are the kings of cigar and you should not do this because as you come up in your cigar journey, you're going to find yourself doing this kind of thing and consider yourself lucky if you have someone, a mentor, if you will, or you're associated with a shop and, you know, show you the ropes, if you will. Uh-huh. So I would say, you know, if you're a novice cigar smoker and someone pulls you to the side or says something to you, don't take offense to it because we've all been there. Yeah, especially and my f- this first one is is one that I guarantee you I've done. Still do. Yeah, there are times when I I'm do it too. Oh, yeah. Not paying attention. Cut. Well, there's there's definitely that. Not paying attention to your cigar. Well, no, but in... In reference to this. Oh. Yeah. Let's talk about cutting too much off the cap. Oh, I've done it. Oh, yeah. So, a cigar, and you'll forgive us for not doing video on this. It is coming, so bear with us, folks. A cigar has a cap on there. It is typically, let's say, at most three-eighths of an inch from the very top of the cigar down the cap. It is designed to keep the cigar from unraveling. If you cut that cap completely away, or in my case, which I fully admit I do this frequently, I don't get a quick enough cut with the cutter, so I pop the cap, if you will. It splits, and it unravels off, and the cigar unravels anyway. So your best bet is to take just the bare minimum off. And if you're a newbie, or if you're like me, where I've been smoking for 10 years, I mean, collectively, the cartel as a group has 100 years' experience. Um you know, you get a, a what I call a closed back cutter where it is a set depth. It cannot be changed. It's always correct every time. And the only thing I myself have to worry about is not popping that cap and having it unravel on me that way. Well, and I think usually when I have that issue is um, if I um, have a V cut uh-huh. and you try to get the you try to get the end of that cap without <laughs> it's that very fine line between cutting just the right amount and cutting too much. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've done that where I've cut it once and it might be just right. And it's just like, doesn't seem like enough and then cut off another <laughs> bit of it. <laughs> too I've, far, too far. Yeah. And then it's like, it starts, you know, you can see it unraveling at the end. So, and, and not you just to be, keep pressing at it to make sure. Yeah. You start doing, you know, put it in your mouth and kind of roll it in with spit, trying to make sure, trying to keep it together. Yeah. We've all done that. Don't be embarrassed or feel bad. It happens. It definitely Absolutely. does. And it's, it's, it's part of cigar smoking and, and everybody does it. Now, you touched on this earlier, Scott, so please uh, edificate on puffing too often or hotboxing. You know, cats will come in or, you know, visit me or whatever. You know, you see this in every shop. Someone comes in and they'll power through a cigar. They'll have a Churchill and smoke that SOB in about 20 minutes. You know, one, you're going to make yourself sick. Two, you're not truly enjoying it. You know, for me, cigars are something I, you know, smoke to relax, sit back and think, right? I, you know, sitting on a meeting out on my balcony and, you know, on a conference call and just 
you know, casually smoking a cigar, not trying to get through it and be in a rush. This is where lunch breaks come in handy, where you don't have to feel like, you know, I don't want to waste my cigar, but I've only got 30, 40 minutes. Because if you are taking your time puffing the cigar, and especially in converse, you know, you're in conversation, you know, a Robusto should last you about an hour, hour and a half, or, you know, Lancero. About an hour. Lancero's 90 minutes, easy. Yeah, and, you know, Greg has touched upon the story of when I was smoking a Cohiba Lancero, and, you know, I blew through it in about... 35 uh, minutes. Yeah, about 35 minutes. It's a sipping cigar, if that makes any sense. And and realistically, to, to add to that, puffing too often creates more heat than a cigar is designed to handle. It sounds very weird, I know, but... The more you heat the cigar, the more flavor you're going to lose. Absolutely. So it's one of those things where you have to find your balance. Um, in looking and researching this for you guys for this show, the experts, um, whether it be Cigar Aficionado, whether it be Half Wheel, whether it be, um, heck, even us, even though that page is not up yet, you know, the average they're talking about puffing between 35 and 45 seconds in between puffs or longer, um, keeping the cigar lit, of course, because you don't want it to, you want to try to light it once and keep it going all the way to the end. It's going to be what works out for everybody and everybody's different because my smoking speed compared to Sarah's smoking speed compared to Scott's smoking speed is all different. If you handed us the same cigar, we're not going to finish at the same time. No, I talk too much. Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> the queen of the relight. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I've been relighting ever since we've been on this podcast. Oh, so yeah. Tell no me worries. <laughs> I've had to light, relight at least once through this episode. So touch upon one. This is an absolute don't. Now, if you notice when we were speaking on the lunch breaks and um, smoking the cigars and I was describing the initial, the first third, the halfway, and then towards the end, you notice there's different flavors going on. Now, this is kind of associated with it. This is something you absolutely positively never, ever, ever, ever do in your lifetime upon pain of death, being dragged by horses or a car or ran over by a bus. Good Lord, what are you, Queen Elizabeth at this point? That would be the first, by the way. And what are we talking about, Scott? Do not cut a cigar in half to share with a friend. That is a cardinal sin. Just for the reason, as I described... The cigar is a journey. You know, your initial um, smoke, in, as you move up the cigar, the flavors change. And j- and also the fact that when you're cutting it in half, you're shortchanging somebody because they didn't have a cap. You're cutting it directly in half, so it's going to bloody unravel. Not to mention blow up at times, too. Oh, yeah. Now, here's another one. Uh, this is a cardinal sin, and it's for your own protection and... All of us have done it. Freely admit that right now. I'll speak for the other two. We've all done it. Please, I am begging you, unless you enjoy the ride on NASA's Vomit Comet, do not, (laughs) under any circumstances, inhale. Retrohale is different. If you don't know how to retrohale... There's plenty of videos and, you know, we did it on a show, on a previous show, actually. I can't recall which one. It was a coughing fest for me. Oh, big time. (laughs) And every time I do it, I'm afraid I'm going to choke to death. That's why I don't do it very often. Our um, master of retro hill, Bob. 
He's got a technique yeah. that is solid, man. Oh, yeah. And he gets all the taste in, and he can describe it all for you. But um, if you're not sure, don't. Because yeah. if you inhale a cigar, you are going to be hurting my friend. Now, this is a public service announcement mm-hmm. about your humidor. Yes. We did an episode. We don't want to talk about my humidor, Greg. No, true. But uh, we did a, an episode a while back um, about So You Want to Buy a Humidor, in which we talked about humidors, sizes, what they're for, what types you look at, things like that. Never, guys, ever, ever, ever put a lit cigar that has gone out into that humidor because if you do, that acrid, burnt smell that you associate with um, a cigar that's been put out or stamped out, which is another another thing you shouldn't do, um, that will get into your humidor and it will perfume your not only the cedar in your humidor, but your cigars that are in there as well. So it, it's just something, guys, try to avoid that. If you've got a cigar that you you set down and you're going to come back to later, it's best to put that in a bag by itself. It can't go in your humidor with your your clean cigars because it's just going to be bad. But see, I wouldn't, I would always not even recommend trying to put it in a bag because your taste is, it's, you know, when you come back to it, it's not going to be the same taste. I was going to, the experience absolutely is not going to be the same. No. I, I have a, a quick story. Um, when I was still very new to cigars, um, uh, a shop owner that, uh, where I used to go, would do a thing for Halloween and you'd come in dressed in a costume and he would give out a free Tatawahi something. I don't know if it was um, a monster. I think it was a monster. Okay. Um, And so I had just enough time to get like mm, a third halfway through that cigar. Like bright idea. I put it out gently, left it in my car and then went to go try to revisit that. Just don't. Just just save yourself the trouble. <laughs> plan accordingly. I mean, life happens, of course, but try to plan accordingly when you're going to be sitting down and smoking a cigar. Just, it's not worth it. No, really it good really advice. Isn't. Yeah, and one of the other things um, is do not think you're going to get off on the cheap and say, hey, I don't need to buy a humidor. I'll use this cool cigar box. Um, never use a Well, I won't say never, and I'll explain um, why I'm saying never. Um, don't, I'll say don't, and I'll give the exception. Do not use a used humidor box, um, a used cigar, cigar box, box, as a humidor. It doesn't work. It's not sealed properly, so you're going to wind up drying up your cigars. An exception, of course, is if the cigar box is a humidor. For instance, the Cohiba Sublime, it actually is a humidor. It has a hydrometer in it. And you could use that, and it's a beautiful box. And there are some very, very nice cigar boxes, but they have to be designed for that. And you'll be able to tell the very um, ex- exclusive cigar um, boxes, um, Cohiba being one. And I think I am only the Sublime I've noticed. And if someone out there knows of another one, by all means, um, you know, hit us up and let us know, take a picture of it or something. Um, but I just know the sublime box cause it has that hydrometer in there and it, it's a, Oh, it's an awesome box. Yeah, it is. And, uh, you know, um, here's, here's one, I'm going to wrap a couple of points into one because 
cigars require tools. Most shops are happy to provide um, loaner tools for your visit in, uh, be it they usually have a house cutter and a house lighter. Um, make sure that that please stays in the house uh, when you mm-hmm. leave. I know we all forget and have accidents happen. It's just the way it is. Um, so on the tool subject, we all have have bought our own tools and we all have them. It's just something that a cigar smoker usually does. Your tools are just like any other set of tools in your household. I know I take care of them, so does Sarah and Scott. Dirty fuel, i.e. cheap fuel, is one of the worst things that you can do for a quality lighter. Um, You know, I have two DuPonts. Uh, Sarah has a... Zycar. A Zycar. Scott's got a Lambo, a DuPont. He's got a bunch of... uh, They're they're high-end lighters, if you will. You know, you're spending a couple of hundred bucks. With that being said, you know, buy top quality 99.9% or 100% pure fuel. And here's the reason I say that. Impure fuel will will have in uh, the impurities will build up inside your lighter. It's not the burner that you have to worry about. Um, it's the actual workings of the lighter that pass the fuel, atomize it, and then spark it. They're going to get clogged up, and it's going to ruin your high-end lighters. They're not designed for that. So it's one of those things. Um, and speaking of tools, um, this happened to Scott when we were in Denver, and it, it, it made us all shudder. <laughs> <laughs> he cut his cigar and then was talking to a cat about said cigar. Oh, dear God. The cat grabs his cigar and takes a, a um, help me out, Scott. What's he the takes term? a puff. He takes a puff no. on an unlit cigar. And I'm not talking like a lipping it puff. I'm talking about putting it in his mouth and getting it slimy. He deep-throated your cigar? He deep-throated my bloody cigar. Yeah, oh, and it was Scott. a beautiful Hemingway, if I remember correctly. It was a Hemingway. Oh, no. And social, you know, social constraints keep me from murdering him. But it was just one of those, oh. I can't believe this happened. I'm yeah. sad for you. I was just like, uh, uh, uh. <laughs> I was in shock. Never do that. That's no. just rude. You know, I would rather someone ask if you have another one. Yeah. You know. Or go yeah. get your own. Uh, yeah. Or smell it. Yeah. I'll blow the smoke in your face. Something. But just no. Mm-mm. No. Mm-mm. That's Mm-mm. just bad. Yeah. Something else you don't want to do when you're in the lounge, when you're done. And, of course, we talked about life happening or you're done with your cigar. I know some people... They will smoke it to the point where they stick a toothpick in it and get it down to about, you know, four sixteenths of an inch and they're done. Or some people, they'll stop at one inch and they're done. Do not take your cigar and mush it into the ashtray. Like it's a cigarette. Yeah. Yeah, that's what you do with cigarettes because when you do that, all that you know, smoke and acid comes up. It's really unpleasant for everyone else. And, you know, we have a couple of people in the shop who've done it and it's kind of like you pull them to the side and say, you don't have to do that. Just set it down. It, you know, you're not going to cause a fire because it's going to just be sitting in there. And then, you know, the fire is going to go away and it's just going to be a nub. 
Yeah. And, and, and that's okay. They're designed, unlike a cigarette where the paper is designed to continue burning no matter what, a cigar is not designed to do that. If you're not actively paying attention to your cigar, puffing on it, touching it with the flame, etc., it will go out. We all do it. It happens. Like just now. Yeah. <laughs> you can even hear his lighter and my lighter clinking when we relight our cigars. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it, it, we kind of give ourselves away with that one. Um, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. And and so I know before we before we wrap up on this particular subject, I know I know it sounds like it's very negative. It's not, we're not trying to be negative, but if we can help by telling you the mistakes that we have made through our cigar journey, and it helps you in your journey, that is our goal. So please don't think we're being negative, but we want to help your journey be smoother than ours because I have made some catastrophic mistakes in this lounge and fortunately everybody's been understanding and it's been really cool but you uh you mentioned something to me earlier scott about sniffing a cigar okay we've all seen the movies um and tv shows where you know people have cigars and what they'll do is take the cigar and sniff the length of it you know and you know mainstream um media you know that tells you, you know, that's what you should do. And if you're a newbie, you're thinking, well, hey, that's something I can do to smell the cigar and see if I can get the aroma of the cigar. It does nothing for you, not to mention no one wants your nose hair on, you know, said cigar. <laughs> so, you know, that's not how Club you buggers. do it. <laughs> so, you know, that's that's not a cigar thing, you know, and hey, in my early cigar journey, I did it, you know, until I so was taught I. better. Um, you know, you can sniff the foot, but honestly, you're not going to really get the essence of flavor. This is where a tobacconist comes in to kind of school you, and they can tell you what, you know, what flavors you can expect and the type of leaf. Um, you know, if you're a noob, um, you know, Connecticut is going to be the move for you. That's something that's not going to be overpowering. Trust your tobacconist. If you don't know cigars, know a tobacconist. And, um, that, that's one of the bigger things. It's just that whole nose sniffing thing. Um, you know, cold draw, that's where you're going to get it, you know, but you got to cut the cap off. So you cut the cap off, you bought it. You've committed. Exactly. You're committed. And you know, if it happens to be a cigar, not to your liking, then you just learned that's not a cigar to my liking. And then as you continue to smoke, you will find your, um, taste and your palate profile. And you'll start gravitating. So as you go to your local tobacconist or you're looking online for cigars, you know, you know what to look for. It's like, hey, I don't like Maduro. I like something light to medium. And it kind of gives you, um, you know, the cigar's personality, what you can expect if you're getting the cedar or the cocoa. And, you know, it's like wine. And you may not taste those things, but, you know, it gives you an ideal. Exactly. Or even like coffee. Yes, absolutely. And then just to touch upon, because we talked about tools and talked about, you know, ooh, fancy. I mean, because you can spend anywhere from 10 bucks to, you know, like $10,000. Exactly, for a nice mm-hmm. ST DuPont. Um, don't feel like you have to get the most expensive thing. When I travel abroad, I usually bring a cheap lighter, something that's $10, a $10 torch, but I'll, I put good fuel in it. Um, it's something that I won't mind losing because, you know, you may get a, 
um, overzealous, overzealous TSA agent. Thank you. And, and they <laughs> take your beautiful Balmoral lighter that had no fuel in it and it was completely empty. I'm not bitter at all. I hope I don't sound like bitter. Actually, I am. <laughs> Denver Airport sucks. You're going back this year. It's okay. I was going to say, we'll, we'll get. It's yeah, okay. I got to ask Terry when I see him again. Hey. Also, a piece of advice, too. If you are traveling somewhere and you happen to purchase a really nice lighter, the safe bet is if you're traveling within the United States, pick up something from the post office, pick up one of those prepaid boxes mm-hmm. and, you know, put your lighter. You won't be able to transport fluid, but you can get that locally. I'm sure, yes, you, um, can. you know, throw your empty lighter, wrap it up, throw it in that box. Um, you know, it's already, you know, prepaid postage, address it to your home and send it home. That way you don't have to worry because you're kind of rolling the dice you know, when you, you know, travel by aircraft and you've got to go through TSA, some TSAs are kind of like your lighter. Exactly. I was going to China once and I had a nice Calibri lighter in my trench coat. And when they ran the trench coat through the x-ray, the guy, I understand he was doing his job, but he was sympathetic. He wasn't an ass. And he was just like, "Ah, you can't take that on the aircraft. And I'm just like, oh, I said, well, there goes, you know, 120 bucks. But it is what it is. So just be mindful of that. If it was a $10 lighter, you don't feel so bad. It's just kind of like, oh, well, I'll just, you know, I'll deal, you know, deal with it when I get to my destination. And and that's a lot of things, too. You know, you can find um, most major cities, Vegas, for example, Denver, they all have cigar lounges there. You can buy a $10 Lotus lighter when you get there, mm-hmm. and it'll do just fine. And if you don't take it on the plane... It's ten bucks. You can throw it away and get another one when we get back. It's it's just, you know, there's a there's a a myriad of articles from from other um, cigar outlets on how to travel with cigars and how to travel with lighters. And if you're thinking about taking a trip, do a little research ahead of time. It will make your journey so much easier and so much nicer. Without a doubt. Unless you're me, but I'm not bitter. <laughs> not at all. So you know. On a, on a more entertaining note, if you guys have not listened to our second episode we recorded, it's titled Two Queens and a Pullout uh. for the disaster <laughs> of a hotel issue that Scott and Larry and I went through. Um, it talks about our experiences um, for our first visit to the Rocky Mountain Cigar Festival. And as we said at the beginning of the broadcast, it is coming up again this year. We are going to be there in force. The entire cartel is going to be there, not to mention 20 to 30 people from our home shop are coming with us as well. We're going to be a big group. We tend to stand out. Um, If you are going to be at that event and you want to say hi, grab us when we're there. We want to talk to you. We'd love to see you. We'd love to know what's going on in your life and your cigar journey. And, you know, um, we're not quite to the point where we can, we can be a vendor and run a show there, but we're working on that too. And, I hope to see some of you there. Well, my smoke's to the nub and my scotch glass is empty, so I think it's about that time. I want to thank our audience, and on behalf of Greg Perry and Sarah Belt and myself, thank you for listening. Check us out at LumenCigarCartel.com. We're also on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, so don't be a stranger. Drop us a line and let us know you guys are out there. I'm Scott Robinson, and from all of us here at Beyond the Humidor, we look forward to chatting with you on our next episode. So until then, take care, and 
good smoke, good drink, and good life. <laughs>